Hey guys, welcome to another Donneron Monologue Podcast. I am your host, Bo, and uh, we've got a, a, another episode in our uh, Pokemania series. Today we're actually going to be talking about the first generation of games, specifically. So, uh... Uh, before we go any further, though, I, I do want to give another shout out to Ashley Luann K, longtime supporter, big friend of the show. Check her out on Instagram at the Minnesota Nurse. Uh, a lot of cool content there. You guys are going to love it. So, going straight into the uh, subject today, the first generation of Pokemon. Now, I am very critical of what we call Gen Oneers. That is, people who the only real Pokemon are the original 150. I never played past the first gen. Blah, 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 blah. That's stupid. Uh, the game, the games introduced so many other cool things. If Gen 1 had so many flaws that got fixed in later generations, there's no reason not to enjoy future generations. Having said that, having said that, there's a reason we have such fondness for Gen 1. And so long as you still accept the rest of the Pokemon series, I have no problem with you loving Gen 1 because Gen 1 is incredible for several reasons. So, um... First off, the people who experienced Gen 1 when it first came out, that is red and blue version, the coolest thing for it was we had never seen a game like this. Now, of course, when every generation comes out, uh, I think the largest and, in my opinion, dumbest criticism of them is like, it's the same thing over and over again. There's a formula. Uh, of course there's a formula. That's why these are sequels. Um, if you're just releasing an entirely different game each time without following any sort of formula ever, then you hardly have enough to call it a sequel. But anyway... So, uh, the, the concept of Pokemon for the two people that are unfamiliar is you, you capture these monsters known as Pokemon, which is a portmanu of uh, pocket monsters, and you train them to fight and love you and be your best friend forever. And th that's really all there is to it. Uh, the stories have evolved over time, but it still centers around you becoming champion. Uh, of the Pokemon League, which is the uh, organized league that deals with the breeding training and battling and uh, later uh, beauty competitions of Pokemon. Uh, beauty competitions did not exist in Gen 1. And actually, let's just run down the things that didn't exist in Gen 1 so you know what you're missing out on if you're one of those Gen 1 only people. Uh, things that didn't exist in Gen 1. You cannot breed Pokemon. In fact, Pokemon didn't have gender. None of them did. Um, uh, neither, I was, can I get to it? Can I finish? Um, I feel like Ross Perot. Can I finish? I'm sorry. Can I finish? Um, so uh, Ross Perot was another uh, 90s, but that fad died pretty hard. <laughs> um, so uh, we, we have, uh, where was I even? Oh, gender. Nidoron male and Nidoron female had genders, but it didn't really matter because that just meant there was two different evolutionary lines. Not that you could actually uh, breed these Pokemon. So uh, there were no eggs, so Pokemon did not have egg types. There was no dark and steel type. There was definitely no fairy type. Uh, Eevee only had three evolutions. Um, what else am I missing here? No day and night cycle, which the games have returned to that a few times. Uh, third gen and uh, eighth gen does not have a day and night cycle unless you're in a wild area. Adam, is that correct? Am I remembering that right? Unless you're in the wild area, there's no day or night cycle. I'm pretty sure I'm right. Um, Gen 8's sort of new. I'm still retaining information from it because Pokemon is a lot of information. Anyway, so the concept of Pokemon, and I think something that sub... I, I didn't realize it until later, but something that subconsciously hit me is uh, your adventure starts in a little place called Pallet Town. You're just some kid that loves Pokemon. 
You're, you're just you're you're not different from anyone else in the world. There's nothing special about you. You weren't born under a certain star. You, uh, like Mew didn't fly over your house when you were little and bless you. Um, in the anime, Ash, and we'll talk about this later. In the anime, Ash actually sees a ho oh flying overhead when he sets out for his first adventure, uh, which is really special because we didn't know who Ho-Oh was when the anime first came out. Ho-Oh, of course, the legendary bird from the second generation of games. But, so, you're, you're, just, you're, you're just somebody. And you go downstairs, and your mom's like, oh, your Pokemon adventure's about to begin because in this world, they send their 10-year-olds out to uh, fight criminal organizations and become uh, the best uh, Pokemon trainer in the world by traveling by foot across a modern world. Uh all on their all on their own. Uh, I think you start off with like three hundred dollars. <laughs> you can start off with the three hundred dollars and your mom saying good luck. So you got to go to the Oak Labs to pick up your Pokemon. But for whatever reason, the game shoves you to the north to go walk on the tall grass. And this is a no no. So Professor Oak personally, Professor Oak is like a super. He's the Neil deGrasse Tyson of the Pokemon world. Um, great guy. Uh, he has he has beers with the boys on Sunday. He comes up and he's like, "Hey, you can't walk in tall grass because there's wild Pokemon there." This implies that wild Pokemon will kill you if you do not have a Pokemon of your own. Ten year old boy. Um, so uh, Oak drags you back to his lab where uh you grew up with the actual special person in this game, Oak's grandson, the heir apparent to the Pokemon League Championship. And uh, he's like, hey, Gramps, I want a Pokemon. Because it's, it's already heavily implied that uh, he's called Gary in the anime and a lot of the media afterwards. But I think canonically, he is blue or red, depending on what version you're playing. And you are blue or red, depending on what version you're playing. Gary is an option to pick. And Ash is an option to pick as well. But I believe that's only in America to uh, sort of cross-promote the anime. I believe. So, um, uh, so... He's there, and he's like, Gramps, give me a Pokemon. And Oak's like, hey, settle down. You'll get one. So this sort of implies that Gary just sort of feels like it belongs to him. Like, he just sort of feels like he's supposed to be the greatest of all time. But you get to pick your Pokemon first. And uh, you, if you want, like, just go to Etsy and, shirt, and search, like, choose Pokemon. You'll find so many embroideries and, like, decoupages of this screenshot of just you staring at the three Pokeballs on the table and Oak saying... Choose, you know, choose anyone you like. And you can go through and you can check them and you have the fire-type Charmander, you have the water-type Squirtle, and you have the grass-type Bulbasaur. So this is the first... And this, this lasts forever. This is one Pokemon tradition that's never changed. You always get to pick between three and it will always be grass, fire, or water. The only exceptions are, of course, yellow version. You just get a Pikachu and that's it because yellow version is the anime game. It's a game based 100% on the anime. Uh, another exception, of course, is Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu, a Gen 1 remake that uh, combines elements of Pokemon Go and uh, the original first-generation Pokemon. And in that, depending on if you picked Eevee or Pikachu, you get an Eevee or a Pikachu. You can see Adam's a dumbass and bought Eevee, even though you can't evolve the Eevee, so it's the stupidest thing in the world to have a stupid Eevee following you when it doesn't even evolve. Especially considering that in Gen 1... Eevee had the best evolution ever. It could turn into a Jolteon, which in Gen 1 competitive was the Mewtwo killer because it's the fastest Pokemon in the game, meaning it will always go first on turn, and you can teach it Pin Missile, which is a bug-type move, and since every idiot's going to have a Mewtwo on their team, you could just have a Jolteon that knows Pin Missile, and you're going to beat that Mewtwo every time, leaving a chance for your Mewtwo to come out and wipe the rest of their team. I hate Adam's opinions of video games. I hate him. He's stupid. Um, 
So anyway, you pick this Pokemon and you go on this adventure. And uh, so you want to become Pokemon League champ. But Oak's like, hey, do me a favor, man. I'm old. I can't do it anymore. I want to catalog every Pokemon species we know about. So I'm going to give you this Pokedex. And I need you to fill it out for me. So from here on out, every Pokemon generation, there will be a professor that in addition to your Pokemon League journey or quest, because Pokemon eventually gets actual quests and stories, uh, you'll be given a Pokedex to fill out as well. So you're like, yeah, okay, I could do that, man. That's no problem. And you go on this adventure, and honestly, the adventure of one just has so much like... Because along the way, the closest thing you have to like a central story is if, along the way you discover Team Rocket. And Team Rocket is organized crime syndicate that eventually... You've, eventually you find out the conspiracy goes all the way to the top, brother, um, because there is a gym leader that is actually the leader of uh, Team Rocket. So you can see the corruption's very, very thick here. It's uh, analogous to um, the U.S. federal government, really. Um, and the, the adventure to this is probably one of my favorite aspects of it. We were actually talking to the Discord the other day, actually one of our uh, first Patreon supporters, Lesser Metal, and I were talking about how the adventure... And Pokemon always appeals to us. Like we, I, I'll admit, when I take a walk in my hometown, which I do often, uh, my hometown is very like Pallet Town. There's only four houses. <laughs> um, no one knows about it. Uh, there's a crazy old man handing animals to ten-year-olds uh, <laughs> to go on their adventure with. But uh, I, I still think of the Pokemon music and stuff. Actually, there's a great album called Kanto Reorchestrated. It's all the Kanto music fully orchestrated. It's a fantastic album. I'll, I'll listen to it every once in a while when I'm on a walk. Uh, one of my favorite video game records ever. But that's... In, through Gen 1, you, you, you discover... Because no one was really there to hold your hand, and the game doesn't tell you this, but you discover things. Like, for instance, certain Pokemon will only evolve when you trade them, and you had to trade in Gen 1. Now, most kids, because I lived in a really rural area where I grew up, maybe you kids in the bigger city don't remember this, but most of us just had two versions of the game and would borrow a Game Boy and trade ourselves to fill out our Pokedex. We would play both versions alongside each other. I don't really consider it cheating because we didn't really have an option, but uh, the, the, although I do remember a lot of link cables and a lot of battling on, on a recess, and this was sort of the beginning of... Um, oh, we've talked about this before. The older people where I grew up did not understand all this shit at all. Like, they did not get why we'd want to waste time on this. So I remember getting in trouble a lot on recess for the simple fact that I should have been climbing the tornado slide, but instead I was sitting down with a friend uh, trading Pokemon. Um, but you know what? Thank, thank goodness for it, because I think I turned out a better person for it. But anyway, uh, if, if you go through your little adventure, you collect all these Pokemon. I think I typically have about 70 in my decks by the time I get to the Elite Four. You collect all these gym badges. You solve the Team Rocket problem. You, a 10-year-old boy with nothing special about you whatsoever other than training Pokemon, eventually takes down a criminal syndicate that controlled the economy, the government, and uh, the culture of the island nation that you grew up on. That's pretty incredible. So eventually you get to the Elite Four because this is what you want to do in the first place. The Elite Four are the four best trainers in the whole world in that region, in that league, and you have to beat them. And the Elite Four I usually beat pretty handily. It's the champion that gives me trouble sometimes. And the champion, of course, is your rival. He made it there. It, it, the whole game, every time you go to a gym, there's two names on the gym plaque. I mean, there's one name on the gym plaque, and it's always his. He always beats you just by a, a teensy tiny bit. But eventually you catch up to him. He's champion, but he has a short-lived reign as champion because you will beat him, of course. And after that, 
no one ever challenges you for the championship. In fact, in Gen 2, you go challenge the character from Gen 1 on uh, Mount Silver. That's one of the things. It's a, it's a mountain that exists between Johto and Kanto, and you can climb to the summit and challenge him. He's still Pokemon champion, and he's overall champion. He's the undisputed champion. He's Chris Jericho in the year 2000. I believe it was the year 2000 when Chris Jericho became undisputed champion, But um, which, of course, which, of course, combined the WWF championship and the uh, World Heavyweight Championship. He won both titles on one night against Triple H. But um, the uh, see, we had a lot of cool stuff going on at this time in the world. So, uh, Gen 1, like I said, Gen 1 is the video game. It was the centerpiece to this cultural revolution of Pokemania. Everyone that played video games was playing this game. Everyone. All of us. Uh, I had UO friends that stop, that would stop playing UO to play more Pokemon. Um, and we had already played games way more advanced than Pokemon, honestly. We had already played Final Fantasy VII. We had already played Xenogears, which, if you haven't listened to our Xenogears podcast, go back and listen to one of the most complicated and beautiful stories in video game history. Uh, do yourself that favor. But we already had all these games, but there's something about the simplicity and originality of Pokemon Gen 1 that we loved, and you could tell how much we loved it because they basically just keep upgrading that game with every release. That's all you're getting. You're just getting an upgraded version of that game. But the formula's so good that even the people that complain about it... Uh, there was a great uh, there was there was a great image one time that I saw on a Pokemon... Uh, uh, message board where it was a uh, it was a Pikachu with this sort of like dull like bored look on his face and it said this is how Game Freak looks the whole time you're saying the new gen looks like it sucks knowing damn well you're going to buy it because you are you're going to buy it because the formula just works and we, we see these these elements in Pokemon still today we love them it's what we look most forward to in fact I think even more so the new stuff we look most forward to seeing what's left from the old and to me, that's an incredible legacy for a video game. I don't, I can't think of any other video game series where we like seeing that much similarity. So, uh, guys, if you enjoyed the show today, uh, please like, share, and subscribe this video. Uh, share the podcast if that's how you enjoy us. Uh, we're trying to reach more people. We know that there's more people out that will enjoy us. If you think your friends will be into this, please share us out. Uh, we do have a Patreon. We have links to that there if you want to become a supporter. We're this very day we're working on some great patreon uh content for you guys uh there's a there's a merch booth there is a merch booth after the show uh you know so or when you're waiting on the intermission for the band you actually showed up to watch um <laughs> you can go out to and check out our merch there uh, we have a discord guys it's a lot of fun we're getting new members every day and we're having a blast with all these people so check out the link to that discord uh i i look forward to seeing more people pop up in that new members feed and uh, last but not least, uh, please check out our brothers and sisters on the Rally Network. A lot of great, a lot of great guys making a lot of great content, and I know they would appreciate your listen. And if you like good podcasts, you will like us and the rest of the Rally Network. I promise you that. So, guys, uh, until next time, uh, can't wait to see you again. Take it easy.